This is the MFG Cast. Hey guys, it's Kurt. And Tracy. Mike, what happened to your voice? It got really high pitched. <laughs> My testosterone levels are really low. <laughs> You've heard right, people. Mike is actually on sabbatical because we'd like to introduce Mr. Finnegan Karshbaum into the world. Mike and his wife Malia just had a little boy, so unfortunately he's going to have a little bit of time off of the podcast to deal with parenthood, so I've got the next best thing. Maybe. I don't know. I <laughs> see. I doubt it. <laughs> so thank you, honey, for coming on. Even though she's not she's not excited to be on. I pulled oh, her on it anyway. On. And this is the house that pandemic built. It's the MFG cast. Um <laughs> Reason why I say that is because both me and my wife are sick, and we're going to pull through this no matter what, because I will drag her ass into it, and we will just do this. But we're not alone. We've got some some old friends that have come on to talk about some couples gaming. We've got Dan and Kim from GNU Podcast, Gaming Nonsense Uncensored. Thanks, guys, for coming back on again. No problem. And it's uh, in case anyone was wondering, no, we're not dead. We just haven't done anything for a little while. So, <laughs> to that. <laughs> Kurt, do you, okay. do you know why we're not on Patreon? So we don't have to do shit when we don't feel like it. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah, You don't, don't want to be held responsible for all that shit. That, that doesn't even sound like fun. Right? Exactly. Uh, so what are, we, what are we here to do today? We're going to talk about couples gaming. We're going to just... Talk about uh, the certain things that we do as couples, you know, whether it be at a game store, at home, you know, what time we decide to do it, if it's planned or not. Um, Also, we're going to review Above and Below by Red Raven Games. It's a beautiful game, but does it play well? We shall see. So before we get into talking about couples gaming, let's talk about what we've been playing lately. So guys, from the gaming nonsense uncensored, what have you guys been playing lately? Well, it looks like Kim is playing a totally different game for this podcast right now. No, wait! <laughs> I'm glad we're recording. <laughs> Sorry, I got my a- notes. If you don't have access you to have, the visual You have medium. something right there, Kim. <laughs> you're good. <laughs> All right, so... Uh, Salty. What? <laughs> Jesus Sorry. Christ. <laughs> Sorry, I can have it. I'm out, I'm out. I, um, so, uh... We hit the uh, game room in the Bovich Mall, and um, we met up with a, a friend. We met there a couple of times, and he brought over this... I don't know how old it is. It's uh, Tomb. I don't think I've heard that game. Tell us about it. Alright, so Tomb, uh, it's a game that, like, it's been out of print for eons. It's one of those things that you're going to have to, like, climb a mountain, murder a hobo, and have the planets aligned to find a copy in stock for, like, less than an ungodly amount of money. Or just find your pet and beat him up and take the game. Pretty much. Uh, do, if this guy wasn't six foot seven, I would probably try to give him a German suplex and just take it. <laughs> um, so Tomb is... It's actually made by AEG. 
And what's kind of funny is, you know how like, you play AG games, and it's like, oh, love letter, oh no, you know, guard, princess, oh, I'm out, and like, or like you play Black Fleet, you're like, oh, we're going around these little islands, and we're picking up pirates and loot, and AG games are like nice and fun. Mm-hmm. Well, in Tomb, it's a never-ending battle of just constantly stabbing your friends in the throat with like a razor-sharpened dildo, <laughs> and then just pissing on his corpse, and then using that as a sled to get back to the, the inn to take more loot. And it's just a non-stop FU game. It's awesome. You actually recruit parties, and people die in this game all the time. So often, in fact, that whenever somebody in your group dies, you just take another one out of the random character bag. Every character has, like, uh, asynchronous power. Like, some people uh, are really good at stealing. Other people, it's like, oh, every time you go in the inn, get a free item, get a free follower, whatever. So it's really cool. And it's almost like the Pathfinder card game, except you get all you can have up to five people on your own. But it's just so out of the wheelhouse of AEG because it's like a fixed movement. Oh, and the other thing that's fun, you're building the dungeon together. So you're getting dealt cards so you know where treasure might be because you're going to put it there. So I put down this cool little spirit dagger. I know I'm going to run to this room later and take it. And then Kim puts a card on top of it. I don't know what that card is. Could is be a Kim trap. Put, yeah. Kim might be putting treasure there, so hopefully I'll get there before her. Or it could be she puts in the Lord of Hell and he wipes out my entire group in two <laughs> rounds. And she laughs hysterically while all my like <laughs> guys are burning to death. And then she just takes all my shit. It's great. Nice. I, I actually had it where I was going to one of the dungeon areas and one of the guys we were playing like, yes, go to that one. I'm like, oh God. <laughs> and, and it was like, a, it was a really bad uh, monster. Yeah, and the thing that makes it fun is it's not just like the monsters randomly kick your ass. Each room will tell you left or right, and then the player to your left or right gets to control the NPCs during that turn. And they even have some people or cards have extra FU abilities like, oh, hey, if you're controlling the monsters, you also get to do this now. Or like whenever you control the monsters, they have plus two hit points or something like that. So it's just beyond me. Nice. Yeah, it, it's that's why, and that's why AEG does not make it anymore. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I would like to note officially now. I am going to begin the hashtag Bring Back Tomb, yeah. and I'm going to tweet that to AEG once a week, and I'm hoping other people follow in on that because oh, this thing is it definitely should be remade. It's very basic, but the boards are double sided, so you get like different layouts of dungeons, and it is super awesome. That's cool. Highly recommend. It seems like they're making a lot of cool old school games nowadays, so it'd be cool to see if that co- makes a comeback too. Yeah, I mean, just like, uh, I don't know if you remember, a couple of months ago, Battle for Souls was on Kickstarter again, because that was like out of print for Eons too. Yeah. Even if AG just went on Kickstarter and was like, hey, however many people buy is how many we're reprinting, and then we will never speak of this again. <laughs> that would be fine by me too. That'd be awesome. That's cool. Kickstarter is such a good, a good spot for that, especially for stuff that you know, would actually, you know, make it, you know, that that's already been established that people like. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. What else do you guys play? Um, one other title we got to play lately is Epic, which I, uh, I actually called you the other night because I was so impressed by it. And I was like, Kurt needs to play this immediately. <laughs> uh, Epic done by White Wizards, the dudes that did Star Realms. It's a great little, hey, do you like magic? Do you not want to go broke? Because for the price of like four booster packs, you can buy Epic. And it lets you play Draft, it lets you play Constructed, it lets you do Cube Draft. It even has like a two-player Draft variant. You can just deal 30 cards randomly to each player. Hey, there's your deck. 
And it's just a super simple play style. Basically, some cards are free to play every turn. Others cost like a gold coin. Those are the Uber cards. You get one gold coin every turn. Doesn't carry over. Very simple to balance. Very easy to play. Kim has done a decent job of thrashing me in it, but... Second I, time I did. I, I sent dinosaurs out to him. Nice. <laughs> yeah, we, we did the equivalence of like, oh yeah, you can even do like a, uh, a pack thing where you just deal out like uh, stacks of 10 cards. Those are your booster packs. Yeah. So we decided to do a four-pack war where you have to make a deck of 30. And uh, yeah, that thing was horrifying. <laughs> Didn't you even... Oh yeah, King Kong. He also helped uh, bash my brains in. <laughs> That's but, awesome. You can use all those kinds of monsters to have a fun little battle. Yeah, it's it's definitely cool, man. Like I said, for fifteen bucks, and uh, I mean, we more than got our value out of it already. But what I like about it is it has that itch where you're like, man, I kind of want to play that again, or like, oh man, I wonder if I put these two cards together, like how well would they work? Yeah. You know. And as far as I can tell, I think all 120 cards are all unique. I don't think there's any doubles of anything. That's cool. That's always. Yeah, so you actually feel like your necromancer is your necromancer, not like, ah, shit, he's dead. All right, well, I'll draw another one in two turns. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or somebody else will have the same kind of guy or whatever, and you're like, yeah. Yeah, I also have Lancelot and Lady of the Lake. It's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you? That's weird. You shouldn't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, they can't both exist unless they're both different uh, universes. We're going or the other games, like, oh, I use this thing to make a copy of him, so now I have an army of Lancelots. Like, that's just, no, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Come on, let's be real, folks. <laughs> let's be real about our fake shit, shall we? Yeah, yeah, no kidding, no kidding. That's funny. Also, uh, so you're familiar with Final Fantasy? Oh, of course. You know, like, uh, sometimes they had the mini games. you go into a tavern, and you're playing this card game. Mm -hmm. uh, where, like, you basically, uh, there are arrows, and you do X amount of points, and then you can flip it over, and now it's on your side, and you keep doing it. Yeah. So we played this game called Lords of War, which is almost like that. Okay. But, like, with a twist. Um, so you get, like, melee guys, and you can also get range guys. So as you're placing them, you have to place them adjacent to, uh, your opponent's, uh, cards. And what you do is, there's usually, like, the arrows to show you where it attacks. Sometimes it'll attack on all sides. Other times it'll be, like, the front and then the side. Sometimes the back and the side. And it'll show a number of how much damage it does. So after you place it, you deal damage. And the... It's, it's not like most games where, like, you know, if you do equal damage or higher, you beat it. It's you have to do higher. Oh, nice. So, um... And then once you get it, it's like, what, like two points for each card? Yeah, it's like first to 20 kills or something wins. Yeah, oh. and if you have your general, if your general gets killed, you can immediately take, uh, the person who killed the general can immediately take another turn. The one thing that's kind of cool about the game, too, is um, you can also dogpile on guys. Like, so, uh, Kim at one point had, like, this dude out that had, like, nine or hit points or something. But, like, my attack dogs, plus this knight... Plus this little flank guy, and then these archers over here, all combined, were finally able to do enough to take them down. So it, it has an interesting back and forth. Like, it's sometimes you'll throw someone to the grave to set up for a future turn, and it's not the worst thing to do. Like, it, it's hard to get out of that mentality of, no, I don't want guys to die, and just go, eh, acceptable loss. Like, you know. <laughs> yeah. and, and they're not fixed on the board, so you can actually, like, uh, after you place a card down, 
you usually draw a card. Instead of drawing a card, you're just like, you know what, I'm just going to take the skeleton back and you can replace him next turn. Well, what, what have we been playing? We played the, um, our house is being torn to bits and we're tired <laughs> and we're getting sick. And so we didn't play a lot of games as much as we'd like to. We played above and below, of course, for the review. So that was fun to do. Um, what else do we? What else do we play lately? We played this uh, Star Wars game that Logan got for his birthday. It's basically like, uh, is it Aggravation? Is that the name of the name? Of the game? <laughs> yeah, kind of like that, I think. Yeah, where it's got like, you get these little, uh, you can pull these different types of shapes out of this game board that's got like it looks like a, like a Tie Fighter. And depending upon what points you get or what you pull out, you can get negative points because they're Sith or you get positive points because they're from the, the well, they call it the Resistance because it's a new game. So you've got uh, it's the First Order and first you've Star got the Resistance. Mm -hmm. Yep. It's for those Star Wars nerds that will yell at, yell at uh, <laughs> or whatever, you know. And um, and so when you pull out these different things, the it's got this this uh basically this arm that kind of sets against all these pieces and if you and if it pops a little bit then pieces pop out and you have to take the negative points and then you don't get the positive points oh. so you have to kind of like really really be strategic in getting them out and stuff like that it's a stupid little fun little cute it was game. actually <laughs> really fun it yeah. was pretty fun yeah yeah it's fun to play that um, you won, though. Yeah, of course I did. And then uh, Logan also got the old school labyrinth game where you've got the little metal ball and you try it. It's not, it's not the labyrinth you guys are probably thinking of. Dude, I want no. that so bad. No, I we, know. we have that. We actually have two of them. The nice. one that balances? Yeah. And... They, yeah. Did, they have a Lego version of that. It's so oh, cool. do they really? Oh, that would be so awesome. Okay, so here's the thing that's nuts. The Lego one... It, you, it actually has a double-sided board, so you can make, like, one easy and one hard labyrinth. Mm -hmm. It's also, like, 60 or 70 bucks. It's oh, pricey. ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, because, you know, Lego is like, oh, hey, this would normally be $15, but because our name is on it, to the price. So, you know. so do you have to build it then? Yes, you but actually get to with. build your own boards for labyrinth. We attempted to play a couple of games. Tracy got a uh, gift card from one of her friends, which was super nice. So she decided to buy uh, Kodama from uh, uh, Kodama from uh, Action Phase Games. So we tried to play that. Um, it's Kodama the Tree Spirits. It's basically, what you do is you have your own little tree stump, and then you have uh, you can pull out four cards, and then you pick some uh, some tree branches to grow out your uh, tree. But you have to match your symbols with what the symbols are on your tree, and then uh, if they're in succession, depending upon you know how far that goes up the tree, is how many victory points you get and stuff like that. So they've got like a ladybug and a little cloud and stuff like that. So unfortunately, we didn't quite get into it because our son decided to be a, a little crybaby and was like, "I don't like this game. I'm not gonna play it." And I'm like, "Okay, fine." So we didn't get to play that, and then we wanted to play Dice City because I got that. For Tracy for really? her birthday, and I haven't been we haven't been able to play that, but I like to play that sometime. Okay, so as soon as you play Dice City, I need to know what you think, because that's been something I've been eyeballing for like months, mm -hmm. but I can never pull the trigger on, because I'm always like, I feel like we're gonna get it. We'll play it two or three times, and then we'll be like, no, oh, that's alright, and then that'll just fall by the wayside. Yeah, yeah, and, and kind of the reason why I bought it is like I know it's not technically Machikoro, but me and Tracy have a lot of fun playing that game, 
And we like playing dice games and stuff like that. So I thought that'd be kind of fun. You know, and there's a little more to Dice City, but, you know, we just haven't gotten around to playing it yet. So that'd be fun to play eventually. Another thing I played that I'm that Tracy kind of picks on me because I get mad, I get fucking mad at it constantly is Pathfinder Adventure Card Game for the uh, for for um, iPad and on that Android. Yeah, well, yeah. I play it on, on the Android, and it's just as hard playing it on fucking Android, and I always die, and then I get to this point where I can't figure out how to get rid of the cards that I have too many of because after you play a campaign. You're supposed to figure out how to get rid of your cards. Well, on my phone, for some reason, I can't figure out. Uh, I played with one of the, with one of the, um, I think with the halfling elf or whatever, and I could not figure out how to get rid of her weapons. And I'm just like, okay, I can't. And I tried asking. I tried looking up online. I can't find anything yet. So I'm like, well, I guess I'll just keep restarting until I actually win one of these ma- one of these uh, missions. Just out of curiosity. Do you ever, because I mean, I was clowning around with it for probably like an hour or two. Do you ever get to start making your own party and like just playing the game straight out? Or is it always like, is it a totally different storyline or whatever? Well, you you can, you play different storylines and stuff like that. The only thing that kind of sucks with this game is when you get it, when you first get it for free, you only get two characters and I think you can only play so long before you have to buy different packs and stuff like that. Yeah. But, you know, which is fine because, again, it's free, you know, and, and the app is actually pretty cool besides that pe- that, far, that that part that I can't figure out. But, but yeah, it's still, it's still worth worth your time. So, I mean, it's just it's just one of those things where it, for some reason I can't get past the first part and it looks like there are a good three or four missions to it. So it'd, it'd be worth trying out, but it, you know, at, at the same point, it's so freaking hard, and I'm so bad at the dice rolling on that. So as I am in the real game, so it's hard to beat. So, now the is it like truly randomized die rolling, or do you notice like does it always seem like when you restart, everything is in the same spot in the same order, or is it like really randomized? Uh, to me, it seems randomized, but I maybe I'm not paying it enough attention to it. But to me, it's it it seems like it's just fine. Yeah, because, you know, sometimes, like, when you keep getting hung up on these games, uh, you know, sometimes it's a puzzle to be solved. Like, it goes in a fixed order. Mm-hmm. And other times, it's just, like, you just need to have, like, the right choices and the right luck. Yeah, yeah, exactly. On a quick aside, one thing that was the most brutal thing to discover is Talisman on the, like, you know, on the phone <laughs> and the iPad. Yeah. The die rolls are not randomly generated. I, uh, I played a game of it, and I reloaded and 20 die rolls exactly unfolded the same way in the same order, same card, same order. And if I made a change in my decision, the computer would automatically start readjusting to still being able to follow me. Wow. And uh, yeah, I was like, wow. I was like, this is actually like a ruthless DM, not just a randomized game. <laughs> That's insane. It's just, it just makes me laugh because, I mean, with that, you had to pay for it, right? That's a paid app, right? Yeah, I mean, I... I bought probably like three or four of the map pack things too i mean it's still fine to climb around in like I, you know it's I'm, I'm not like oh man this isn't you know this isn't pure this isn't true talisman like i got it because it's fun to climb around with but kim is like a talisman hoarder she has like seven expansions and she will break out everything to play it's if people are down for it yeah you know so it's like hey man if you ever got seven hours and you're in new york you feel like some talisman left now. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, so, 
Yeah, unfortunately, we haven't played as much as I'd, I'd like to play, but, I mean, it's just one of those things. Um, what else What else have we been playing? Have you been playing anything? I'm sorry, I was dying out there. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so real quick, Tracy, how did you feel with that, that tree game, the tree spirit? Mm. Not so much? I don't know that we played it enough. Yeah. Did it yeah, be? Yeah, we didn't get into it enough, but... We couldn't get him to stay with us <laughs> long enough. I think I wanted to like it more than I did so far. Okay, because people have been posting pictures of that game like crazy online. Yeah. It's a beautiful game. I I think we'll probably like it more if we actually... I think if you and I sat down to play it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of... I didn't hear what else you talked about. Well, I just talked about playing that card game on the, on the, on my phone and then... That's for some reason, I know we've been playing more stuff, but I just I can't think of what we've been playing. I think we'll get into it more now that things are settling down. Yeah. Now that we actually have a bedroom again. Yeah. Um, and stuff, but um, we played a lot of DC. Yeah. For a long time. Yeah, it just seems like lately we haven't played haven't been playing as much as we have. I mean, I. I want to get to the point. I think I think I've we've talked about it before. It's like okay, we have all these games we haven't played, and we have a lot of these that are sitting on our shelf. Like just like okay, well we have this game. Like we've got um, Dice City we haven't truly played. We've got Kodama we haven't truly played. We've got Bottom of the Ninth with the the Sentinels expansion and the other expansion. We've got uh, Junta that that. Hey, yeah, that nice. Yeah, because I was kind of Imperial Settlers. Yeah, Imperial Settlers. Um, and you haven't played that yet either, right? We've no, played, we've played it. Damn it! But <laughs> we, but we bought it um, after we played it at the game store, our local game store. Yeah, after okay. that, that was after uh, last year's uh, Extra Life Game Day. Yep. So then we're like, we gotta get this game. You know? Have you not played it since you bought it though? No, of course not. Okay. <laughs> So this is where I get to challenge you for uh, a rematch about Le- the Lagrange situation. We've never played it yet, but anyway, Lagrange. We still haven't, and I also have Imperial Settlers unplayed. So aha! <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then uh, for. I mean, we probably have six to yeah. ten games that are wrapped, maybe that we haven't played. Like we need to stop buying games and like vow to play some yeah, yeah before we oh there's something else oh I, we just talked about it the galaxies game yeah epic tiny, tiny, epic tiny defenders, defenders. Yeah. i bought him that oh, nice. he hasn't opened it yet yeah yeah because he's like i want this so i bought it for him surprised him it came and i was like here you go it's still wrapped <laughs> um we ended up buying a whole nother shelf for our board games. So now we have three big, like, cubed shelves of games to put up. I mean, it's just nuts. Yeah, yeah. So it'd be nice. It's to awesome, get, but. Yeah, but it'd just be nice to get into the games that we haven't played yet. Well, I think now that the weather is nice and it's going to stay this way now, mm-hmm. we can come out here and play. Yeah. Yeah, we, we recently, um, with International Tabletop Day, Mm-hmm. We actually got to purge some of our like less played games to make some room. Nice. But one thing that's nice is we actually talked to our local uh, game store, uh, the game room over in Woodbridge. And what we're going to do is at the end of next month, we're trying out something. And you know you might want to check with your game store about this. So we're doing a used board game auction. But the way it works is, so like I'm selling the game Rivet Wars. 
And I say somebody says they'll give me like 40 bucks for it. What they do is they buy a $40 gift card for the store, and that's my payment. So this way, the store still gets to make money because, you know, those gift cards, like, people are getting gift cards and they're going to be basically, like, buying new games. Yep. And you get a chance to unload your other used games, possibly within, like, gamer groups that you might still see, and in turn, if you ever really felt like playing it again, they might still have it. Mm-hmm. But it's a nice little way to do a game swap and get some, like, you know, some new people in a store, try out something new, and if it's a game you don't have just sitting on your shelf, eh, who cares? You know, it's like, you may, sometimes it's better to see somebody you know get the game for 10 bucks than making the extra 5 by putting it on eBay, dealing with the, you know, listing, getting the payment, paying eBay, shipping it out, the hell with all that. You know, I'd rather just let it go local and just immediately have money at the store to pick up something else, you know? Mm-hmm. See, and we haven't wanted to deal with that at all, so we've been just dropping them off at, like, a thrift store. <laughs> yeah, that works, too. Yeah, lately, sure. we've been just, like, I mean, literally, we've been doing that lately. What did we just go through ours when we were packing up our um, upstairs, and we were like, 10 games. Psh, yeah. They're out of there. Or, <laughs> made me think of this, when we did the extra life thing, we just left one of the games <laughs> at the store <laughs> that... We were like, why the hell did we ever get this game? <laughs> Somebody gifted it to us. And we were like, this game we hate so much. We left it in their um, in their stack of games. Yeah. And so we went By there. To, accident. <laughs> yeah, we went there to play um, one weekend. And we were like, yep, but there it is. Yep. Still hasn't moved from the original spot we placed it in. Yeah, well, it must have because they rearranged their store. And I was like, that's probably the only spot that it ever moved. Yeah. And we're sorry if you're listening to this. <laughs> we're not going to mention the game, Harvey. No. Okay. No one will play it. It won't matter. Yeah. Is it a game that you mentioned how much you hated in a previous episode? Probably. I think I know which one it is. <gasps> what is it? What is it? If you mention it, then whatever. Terrible decisions or something like that? Oh, oh no, no, no. Oh, okay. no, not that one. <laughs> no, no, we would have never bought. Well, no, I don't. Yeah, I don't think. We didn't buy this game, though. I understand. But my mom, my mom gave me this, gave us this game, and, oh. and I think it wasn't one of those. I, I don't blame her at all because she usually makes very good decisions. <laughs> but this is a game. It's a, it's like Trivial Pursuit basically because it's just trivia. But it's Times like one hundred. But it's like no, it's like everything is from the like the nineteen fifties and earlier. I'm like who. Who the fuck knows these things? I mean, nobody does. Not even people that were born then. They probably can't remember their own names. Okay, 1950s is not even that old. One of the questions is, what did Gail down the street bring to the potluck dinner? You're like, what the fuck is this? So so don't ever make eye contact with the game Bezzer Wizard because it's dumb. (laughs) Don't look at it. It's a red game. It's dumb. Yeah. Got it. Don't ever do it. Yeah. It's one of the worst games ever. It yep. really is. I don't care who made it. I'm sorry. And it's we're bad. sorry to the local game store, which will be remain nameless. No, they'll know, but it doesn't they'll matter. Know. <laughs> we're sorry. No one will play it. Yeah, exactly. Just no throw it out. Yeah, exactly. They can donate it. It was to, probably like a 40 or... It was a $50 game. $50 game. Yep. Because wow. I remember I, my mom asked my asked opin, uh, our opinion of it, and I said, no one will be able to answer these. <laughs> I said, nobody. Aww. So she was fine with it. It was terrible. <laughs> the first trivia game that stumps Google. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, you couldn't even find those questions on Google for sure. Ridiculous. <laughs> All 
All right, now we now let's stop talking about how much Bezzer Wizard sucks ass. I'm but, sorry. <laughs> and let's get into our topic of couples here. gaming. Now you're sweating. I'm sweating. Do you want me to open up some? I windows? think it's I broke a sweat out there. I'm sorry if you heard me coughing. You did. I'm literally. Yeah, can you, you are. see my forehead shining? You're grossing me out. Shut <laughs> up! You're an asshole. <laughs> you say she, she's getting all excited about the couples gaming. Yeah, exactly. It's making me all hot yeah. under the collar. Let me open up some windows. Quick? No, that's cool. Okay. The right. dog will bark. Yes, yeah, awesome. I'll just if I die, it's cool. Next time you. Awesome. Podcast goes first. All right, so um, I wanted to talk about couples gaming. It's believe me, guys, it's not as bad as it sounds. I just wanted to kind of talk about now that you know you've got you know if you have a girlfriend, boyfriend, significant other, or whatever. How do you, you know, and they like games and you like games, or say you don't like games and they like games. Well, of course, you were listening to this, you like games. But, and say they, you know, I was just wanted to, I just wondered how, you know, couples get into their all, into their gaming. So, um, we, you know, we've talked to you guys before kind of about how you guys game and stuff like that. But when you guys got together and started gaming, was it something where, you know, Kim was a bigger gamer than Dan? You know, Dan, were you a bigger gamer than her? Was it you, she played more video games, you played more board games, and then it came together? How did that all turn out? We kind of got into the board game stuff together. Like, we we met uh, actually at Magic Tournaments. <laughs> nice. So we, like, you know, had a CCG thing, and then, uh, you know... He got his friend to like, oh, we're having a thing at our house. You should come. <laughs> nice. Okay. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Instead of, doing, instead of doing the cool thing, like, hey, we're going to come and have a couple of beers at my house. Hey, we're going to play some Battle of Zendikar at my house. <laughs> <laughs> actually, actually, it was pretty much both because John was like, I got a couple of six packs at the house. And we were like, oh, we should do a draft. And Kim's like, I'll be down for a draft. And I just told John, I'm like, I'm buying the fucking box now. We're doing a draft at your place. <laughs> um. Yeah, so I mean, like, you know, when we met playing Magic, like, we had that in common, and then we kind of got into board games together. As time went on, Kim, like, Kim is still more into video games than I am now. Like, I used to be obsessed, and I just kind of trailed off on that stuff. But yeah, like, the gaming together, like, what's nice is we do a little of everything. I, and what's pretty funny is, see, I'm such a professional, I actually took down notes for your show. Look how, <laughs> I don't know if you can see, my notes are very short. His is, like, detailed. So, you know, like, on Facebook, you always see, like, you know, like, oh, 17 ways to introduce your significant other to the hobby. I only got two things of advice. If you don't mind, I'll just quick shoot them off. Adjust expectations and adjust your demands. Like, when I play a game with Kim, like, say we play, like, Summoner Wars or Mage Wars or something, right? Some game where you can kind of customize your stuff a bit. I love finding the new combos or like some like sick trick that'll just destroy everything you have in one turn where you never see it coming. Kim likes to play because she's like, this wizard has a nice hat. I'm going to be this wizard, <laughs> you know? So I can't do what I like to do in these games because when that guy with the hat is dead, she'll lose interest. So he has to be the last guy to die. So I have to like kind of adjust my like, expectations of how to play the game like when i play with kim i go for more of experimentation in the game instead of like refinement so like you know like um instead of like all right i can i can maybe get somebody of our turn eight if i do this this and this when i'm playing with kim i'm like all right let's see how this summoning portal works oh let's see how this unit works like i'll climb around with something you know and then the other is uh to compromise your titles and to compromise your style so 
let's just say, Kurt, you are into the heaviest of Euros. You're like, ah, oh, Kanban, such a relaxing game of three hours of mental trauma, you know, and things like this. And Tracy's like, nah, I like chuck and dice, you know? If it's you want your significant other to play the games, hey, Kurt, guess what? You're chucking dice, <laughs> you know? And the thing is this. You you might be able to get Tracy to play, like, an awesome soulless cube pusher and, like, get to play Kalis, and you're like, these cubes represent meat. These similar-sized cubes are actually ore. And these cubes of the exact same thing are metals. Like, you might make that happen sometime. But if you don't start by chucking the dice with her, it's never going to be. So even though, yeah, you might want your significant other to be into all these, like, insane games you have, like Argent the Consortium, and it's like, oh, through the ages, it's only three hours, let's do it. You know, like, just be happy. It doesn't make a difference if you're playing Machikoro Uno with them. Just be content that they're enjoying any game with you. And let that be a foundation to think, hey, maybe in a few months from now, we'll try out this other thing. And I will just throw in even the caveat that even though that's your situation, it may be different also because it may be the thing where maybe she's into more of the Euro game style and you're like, okay, I just, I cannot do that right now. <laughs> just, let's just do, you know, something that's short and easy and ready to go. So, you know, it makes us easier. Mostly when, when me and Tracy got together, we, you know, we've kind of, we kind of played kind of your easier, your traditional games and stuff like that. Um, we even got, you know, into more of like your, your, uh, with, even with Logan and stuff like that, we got into like your craniums and stuff like that stuff that, you know, a lot of people know about and stuff like that. And then, um, just before we started this podcast, me and Mike and one of our old podcasting buddies, Rick, we just started kind of getting into more of your heavier board games and more of your non-traditional board games that people that we talk about today just kind of slowly bit by bit I started getting started getting Tracy involved in these you know and where where she'd like to play more and more and stuff like that and you know you know coming from a traditional background you'd think that she'd be like okay well maybe I'll try uh, you know like a machikoro and then I'll go to this and this and this well her first purchase was Lords of the Waterdeep she's like <laughs> I, I really want to play this game and I'm like what <laughs> You're I know it's your favorite game. You're welcome. <laughs> so, you know, so when she said that, I was like, um, what? That? Oh, okay. You know, it's like, you know, especially when she, you know, first said she wanted to buy her own, you know, non-traditional game like that. And she's like, well, we got to get the, you know, the skulls of Skullports or the... Scoundrels. Scoundrels. Yeah. 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 When she, and she wanted that too. I was like, well, hell yeah, of course. Let's go for it, you know? <laughs> and so it was cool to see that, you know, she more and more she got into the influence of of these heavier games and stuff like that and games that you don't really you know know about and stuff like that i want tracy to talk a little bit about it as she's gonna start dying again You're gonna start no i was swallowing oh, okay good. <laughs> make sure swallowing you water okay. go. <laughs> let me clarify uh, um, skinning of woke <laughs> <laughs> so so what did you think about like getting into you know more than not traditional games and stuff like that when we first started doing that. I'm trying to think of how it even started. I think you covered a lot of. We played a lot of the traditional games with your family. Mm -hmm. I mean, both of our families are really into games, mm -hmm. whether it be card games or the cranium games or whatever. We played a lot of that kind of stuff for a long time, and then we started incorporating those 
those um, outside of the box, so to speak, kind of games. And that was a big step for me mm-hmm. to be able to buy this different game. Mm-hmm. And I was super excited, partially because I didn't have to pay for it. Yeah. So I, um, I got money from work and I used it to buy this game. I was like, yes, I have this game and I have this expansion and I don't have to pay for it. And I was mad because there was a dent in the box. I'd ordered it and it came and uh, it needed to be pristine and it wasn't. But whatever, that's beside the point. <laughs> but really, like then I think we just started adding on. And then I think we're finding as we add on those different types of games, we find that addiction to we start playing the same types of games mm-hmm. and or the same game for a period of time mm-hmm. over and over and over and over and over again for a while. And then we move on to something else for a while. And I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's good. It's fun. It's something different to be able to do together. Yeah. And like when I see those average games that we've still kept around, I don't want to play them. Okay. So that, that brings me to my next question. Uh, for for Dan and Kim. Um, so when you guys play your games and stuff like that, what typically do you like to play? Is it something where you know, you both have a game that you like to play together or a type of game you like to play? Or is it something where you're like, okay, well, this night Kim will pick a game. This night Dan will pick a game. Or if you go to the store, you'd be like, okay, well, we'll, decide, we'll play with whoever wants to play this game. I'll let my bride answer this one. Usually, a lot of the times, I guess, Dan picks a game. It's rare that I'll pick a game, because I'm usually shy, and I'll be like, oh, no, play what you want, you know, I feel bad. But uh, occasionally, I'll get those one games that it's like, oh, can we play that again? Like, um, Food Chain Magnet. When we got Food Chain Magnet, I really wanted to open it. But I know he was, like, itching for that since day one, so I let him open it. And as soon as we played it, I got crushed. Like, it was bad. And when they say that if you make one mistake, that's it. You're you're not getting ahead of this game. That's so true. Just one mistake. <laughs> and, I, um, I hate those kind of games. But it was... There was something about it that it was still so much fun to do. Like, even though I lost, I was like, okay, so now I know like not to do this. And I played it again... I still lost because, you know, I made another different mistake. But, I don't know, for some reason, I keep going to it because there's something about it. Like, I don't know if it's the fact that you're, like, a restaurant trying to sell stuff or advertising. But I thought it was really fun. So, a lot of times, I would keep asking him, can we play that again? Um, But mostly, it's, he usually says, okay, when I get home from work, let's play this or this. And then, we'll do it. But I know that... I haven't always been into, like, the heavy games, mm-hmm. and I know he has, so, like, I try to condition myself to like them, because, you know, I don't, I don't want to have to play the same type, of, like, you know, my type of games, because I want it to be where it's, like, you know, he can play the games I like, and I can play the games he likes, mm-hmm. and then, and doing so, I actually really, really like those heavy games, even though I'm not that great at them. Yeah, it's like, I would say in the last year, I definitely saw, like, a big upswing with her style in those games. Mm-hmm. Because, um, like, through the ages, you know, that game is phenomenal. Uh, the CGE re-release, you know, we picked it up because the Dias podcast actually 
Chris Rogers was always talking about this game, and I was like, this sounds awesome, started looking it up. I'm like, okay, this thing, I now need this. Like, I felt like that itching in my bloodstream to, to pick it up. We got it, and, you know, we played it a couple of times, and then Kim was just like, I want to try again, I want to try again. And then she started, like, turning around. She started pulling ahead a few victories, too. And I always like seeing that. Like, I noticed, like, Kim's game style is generally, she's good with an out-of-the-box game. You know, she doesn't want to have to pre-construct a deck or do research before starting up. I'm lazy. <laughs> it's, it's not lazy. It's just, you know, it's a preferred style. You know, it's well, like... Um, I haven't been around those type of things where... Alright, so you know the... Um, you know the games like Final Fantasy and Disgaea where you kind of have to, like, plan out everything? Mm-hmm. Like, I've never really done those games. I was just, like, go for the straight shooter... Horror games, like Legend of Zelda, some puzzle games, but... Something ready to play, basically. Yeah. yeah. And, like, finding those combos in games, like, you know, like, uh, in, say, Fuchi Magnet, or even Through the Ages, it's hard for me to see those combos. Mm-hmm. But I know, like, if I keep playing it, I kind of, like, get some kind of strategy, mm-hmm. but I'm not used to it at all. Yeah, it's like she has a better shot when um, it's present in the box and you don't need to take something from an outside source. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I mean, we even, like, you know, I told you a few times over Force of Will, we love that game, but, like, we just kind of play fixed decks against each other because, you know, constructing a deck in that game is hard enough, never mind, like, the research into what you want to put in it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, for me, um, I'm you know, like, when it comes to buying the games, anything that Kim is like, this looks really awesome, we'll just take a quick look online just to make sure it's not like, this has been voted on three and a half thousand times on BoardGameGeek. Average rating, 1.3. You know, it's like, because, you know, if something just absolutely sucks, I don't think we can save it. (laughs) But generally, I mean, if she's like, this looks cool, and we have a gaming budget that week, I'm like, yeah, sure, let's go for it. You know, like, I figure anything she wants to give, I'm more than willing to give a spin to. Uh, alluding to what you guys talked about before, I think me and Tracy are both of that um, same aspect where it's, sometimes it's hard for us to see ahead, you know, in a game and stuff like that. Like, I I have, I know I have myself a very hard time concentrating on stuff like that, so sometimes I have to play a game quite a few times before I kind of figure it out, um, where other games are you know, a little more easier for me to figure out and stuff like that. Um, I know for Tracy, it's like that too. Um, I try to make sure that I'm very patient with her when it comes to learning games and stuff like that, because she's still fairly new to learning these, you know, big, bigger board games and stuff like that. So, you know, I try to, you know, I try not to pull the old, okay, can't you just figure this out? You know, I, I try to do, okay, this is, this is how it is. And this is how it goes, you know, and I try to go through the instructions, but then also I try to, talk to her in a way that's not you know written so uh constructed so much on a on a sheet where i try to make it seem more like okay this is exactly how it is instead of how it's written on the instructions because sometimes things that are written on an instruction booklet are get kind of lost in the translation yeah like iconography and keywords can like for you know if you're used to it is great when you're not used to it is a nightmare yeah exactly well it's it's like trying to it's like trying to teach anybody that's not into fantasy flight games, trying to teach them that because 
the rule book is so big and so much information that it's like, okay, I would be nice to just have these cliff notes, you know, so you could just take everything out and just be like, okay, this is what it exactly is. Like every so often, like um, the other thing I noticed too is like with what you're saying, like the trying to like figure this stuff out. Mm-hmm. Like uh, if me and Kim are playing a game and she's like, oh, I can't kill that guy. I'm like, I don't know about that. And she's like, no, he has too many hit points. I'm like, uh, what does that green card in your hand do? Like if she drops a card or something and I see it, I'm like, I'm like, uh, it doubles it, right? So my guy has 14 hit points and that guy has eight attack. I think 16 might be more. You know, <laughs> I'll try to, you know, always let her know that there's that window to go for this move if she wants it. Because it's it's also a fine line between letting somebody know options and being like a backseat driver for games. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Exactly. So what do you, what do you guys argue about the most when you're playing games? How much you suck. <laughs> yeah, he actually says Kurt will suck at this game. <laughs> um, and then she says, "No, he sucks at every game." And then I, you know, and then no. we just start going. It's really awful. It's pretty no. bad, actually. <laughs> Truth hurts. <laughs> um, I would have to say he gets upset at me a lot for not reading the cards fully. Mm-hmm. So if like something gets triggered or um, like playing force of will and stuff like that playing force of will or like even the um like uh like any any other game that just if you know you do something and it triggers it i just don't read it for some reason and he's like read your cards and it's like okay <laughs> it's like it. yeah this won't kill the guy read all of the card it still won't kill the guy read the bottom line of the card Oh, it will. <laughs> I think I think the only thing that that we basically yell yell at each other about is if we if one of us beats beats the other by like a ton, then it's just like fuck you, get out of here. Yeah. Get out of here. <laughs> I hate your guts, but I did this. No, I don't care. You suck. No, I don't suck. I beat you by fifty two points. I don't care. I hate you. Oh. <laughs> hey, crushing victory is still a victory, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So what's your guys's what's your guys's favorite game to play together? It changes like month by month almost. It depends on what we get. Like what have you played the most together then? <laughs> probably like Force of Will in the last year. We played a ton of that. Um did you say Force of Will? Lords of Words Eve we played a ton of. Yeah, but Okay, so okay. <laughs> with 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 most two player games, right? Not everything is strictly just two players. So you kind of, like, they give you separate rules for, like, you know, you got to tweak it a bit. So if you want to play, like, a four-player game, you know, you got to tweak it. But I feel bad, but I want to play Lords of Water Deep, the board game, the actual game. But he wants to play it on the iOS, and I hate playing it on that thing. (laughs) But I know that's one thing we argue about because... Like, I know, okay, I know it can seem a little, like, boring because, you know, there's no adversaries, you know. Less blocking. Less blocking. But I still enjoy it. I'll I'll do it because we got those coins. You'll do it now (laughs) for those? Okay, yeah, he got the coins. Okay, yeah. But, um, I don't know if we have, like, a a favorite to play. Uh, We used to love playing Duke together. That one was more than Force of Will. We used to play that constantly. I'll play that right now if you want. <laughs> <laughs> nice. 
Nice. Just gotta be quiet so the pieces don't click while we're yeah, recording. Yeah, right. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, I think for Tracy and me, I think we played. Gosh, I think we played the DC deck building game and Machi Coral, Machi Coral a ton. I think we almost probably played. DC more. Yeah, DC more. You know, now now they just keep constantly keep coming out with more stuff. I'm like, ooh, let's play this one. Ooh, mm-hmm. let's play this one. You know. I'm like, I don't care whoever you are. I will play it with you. You will play with me. <laughs> do you guys, uh, do you guys like play co-ops together too, or do you just generally like a little more adversarial? No, we don't. We don't. It doesn't really matter to us that much. We don't have too many co-op games. I don't think. To tell you the truth, I don't think we have enough. You know, I think mostly most of the time you're kind of going, you know, after each other in these games, or you're trying to get the most victory points, and you know, it's not. We don't play it as many gotcha games as maybe we should, I guess. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it would be nice to play a little more co-op, but it doesn't seem like we really play that many co-op games. Because I was going to say, like, like Trace, have you tried the uh, the Pathfinder card game, or are you just not into it? She hasn't played it yet. I told her I told her. I think I think she would really like it. Did you hear like that it. yet? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, the thing is, though, is I think, I think because it has a, it has a, like, a D&D like look to it. I know that Waterdeep does because it's technically a D&D license or whatever, but I think Tracy sees that and she just, for some reason, role-playing just is not her thing. So it's like anything that has that kind of connotation, she's like, get it away from me. I, don't, I do not care. <laughs> I you haven't know? seen it, so. Yeah. But I think it would be something that she would be really I'm into. too busy playing stupid games on my phone right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Waste of time. Yeah, she's playing, uh, playing a game Shh, where she's... No, no, okay. Listen. You're an asshole. No, she's playing a game where you're basically making food for people. I mean, seriously. I have to. Boring. Wait, is, is that the uh, the bakery story or something like that? No, it's called Cooking Fever. Uh... It's called Cooking Fever. <laughs> is it like. But there, there's like a bakery. You have to get money, and there's like a bakery, and there's like a stadium, and. There's, like, a fast food restaurant and, like, all these other things. But it's mindless. I don't need to think when I get home from work because there's enough thinking. And what else? I'm looking at my phone like it's going to tell me the answers. Um, I just don't need to think about it. And I, But I feel at the same time, like, it keeps me, keeps my dexterity up. Yeah. So, and he rips on me and I don't give a shit because... <laughs> I don't like to admit it. He, you're probably the only one who knows that I play that game now. No, America, <laughs> America, and and abroad. Oh, and abroad. Thank you. My name is Tracy, and I'm addicted to cooking fever. You heard it, Indonesia. <laughs> yes, and it's a That's free right. game if anyone wants it. Nice. It's a free game. By the way, Kurt, there's a board game called A La Carte. It is a dexterity cooking uh, game where you actually have to chuck the stuff into the dish to make the the order that the people have ordered and everything. So you can have a real-life swipe to make this dish cooking game. Nice. Try that out together. Buy that for me. Sure, why not? It actually has, like, li- little miniature frying pans. Nice. You put it on top of the stove, and you just, like, gotta check, the, like, the right ingredients. And, like, sometimes uh, if you chuck, like, I guess, like, too much salt or something... Yeah, it's like yes. you, you make it too bad or something. You take it too bad or not enough salt, so it's nice. fun. <laughs> uh, the reason I was curious about the uh, the co-ops is because, like, I know sometimes, um, you know, like, for couples, like, adversarial games, like, 
if somebody seems to win too long in a row, I noticed a few people at times have said, like, that's the death knell of playing games with their significant other. Can you tell them <laughs> about the couple we saw at PAX? Oh, shit. All right, so <laughs> this was my favorite thing ever. All right, so a couple of years ago, we actually got engaged at PAX. We did it at the, um, the Play It Hat Games uh, booth, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, we went, uh, you know, we're, like, demoing all these other games, and people were coming up to us going, like, oh, my God, you know, we saw you over at the, the Play It Hat thing. That was awesome. Congratulations, you know. And so that night, you know, like, we're all, like, still, like, happy and, like, Stardog and all high and euphoric. And we see a, a guy sitting there across the way is like his girlfriend or wife, whatever. And she's like bouncing in the baby on her knee and they're playing Alien Frontiers together. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, you never know. That might be us in a few years. And as we pass by, the girl's like, she's like, no, Jerry, you do this every fucking time. Every fucking time we play in a game together, you do the same thing. You don't play to win, you play to destroy. You could have won the game four rounds ago, but you just have to shut all my shit down so I can't even make a fucking choice, so you have no choice but to it. And he's like, he's like, that's not what I do. And she's like, really? Really? So what do you do? Then how can we still fucking playing and I can't do anything? Why are we still here? And I was like, or maybe that won't be us in a few years, God willing. Like, <laughs> it, was, it was the most horrifying shit to see. Six hours after you get engaged. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, look, there's a couple at a game in convenience. <laughs> Can we take it back? Yeah. <laughs> Just looking at it. Ring, please. Give me. <laughs> but, but, oh, yeah, it, it was horrifying shit to witness. And I'm like, that's a couple that maybe shouldn't game together. <laughs> yeah. There, there are actually some people that it's okay if you have your hobbies and she has her hobbies. Like, it's nice to, you know, like, okay, I'll, you know, I'll humor you and just do your hobby for, like, one day or something. And if they don't like it, just don't push it. That's the worst <laughs> thing you can do is push them to like uh-huh. the game. Or just, like, like you know, like playing board games. It's like, okay, you've tried it, so you have your thing and I have my thing. Pushing them to it is a great way to make sure that you start hating your hobby soon <laughs> enough, too. Yeah. And I think that Kirk can tell when I don't, when he's reading something to me and he can tell that I'm like, tonight is not the night for you to these directions <laughs> to me. I don't want to learn it. I'm not interested in this. Or maybe I don't really like this game at all. Like, I don't, you know, you could play this some other time. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want to have anything to do with it, but yeah. that doesn't happen very often. No, it really doesn't. But you know, sometimes I lose interest in, like, you just figure out this game, and then you can tell me about it later. <laughs> I don't want to sit here for an hour while you figure out how to play it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That happens a little bit, but not too much. You know, and we... I, I, I'm I, the first to admit I get pissed when you win <laughs> one of those games. <laughs> and and you're like, oh, yeah. Mm, yep, I won. It's because I rarely win, so I'm excited <laughs> when I do. Yeah, but you're, like, very, very cocky about it, and, like, you get this special look on your face, and I just want to punch it. (laughs) We're still happily married. I mean, you know, you're stuck with me, man. Oh, man. When when he gets a smug look on his face, do you you just instantly go, like, oh, cool, let's play this next, just because you know it's the game you can whoop the shit out of him in? Um, no, usually I'm like, and I'm done. It depends on what time it is, I suppose. Yeah. Like, are we done? Have I had enough of him for the night? Yeah. I know I know there have been there have been times where like I've beaten you and you're like, okay, we're playing this again. You know? 
So just to see if you can outdo me the next time. And know? then you usually kick my ass in yeah, there, so it's cool. <laughs> it's cool. I get over it. I'm still talking to you, so that's true. Weird. I know. All right. Well, let's wrap. Let's wrap this up by I'll ask you one final question, and I'll start with Dan. What is your favorite thing about gaming with Kim? <laughs> she's so pretty to look at. Yes, he's got, he's got nothing. <laughs> no, it's it's just it's nice, like uh, you know, like after like brutal day work or something like that, or you know, like um, just like it's nice to when we get that game together and we're like, oh man, I can't wait. Like off this Sunday, we're gonna break this out. We're gonna you know, we'll make a nice breakfast. We'll have like and getting to enjoy that time together. Like I think one of my favorite things is when we're learning the game together. So, I mean, honestly, it's like, I don't even think it's like so much like a fixed game or whatever. I just love that aspect of like, when we're both learning it at the same time and like we're teaching each other and both like helping each other out like, oh no, go there. You'll get three gold instead of only two and stuff like that. What about you, Kim? Uh, I have to say that I like, I like showing off. So, um, when I do get a chance to actually like pick a game we haven't played yet, read the rules... And then be able to sit down with him and actually teach him the game, like in completion. I like that. I like I like to to show off to him. Oh, so cute. <laughs> She's a good teacher. Oh, this tender moment is brought to you by Ten <laughs> U Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, honey? Oh. <laughs> well. Okay. Um. What was the question again? <laughs> what's What's your favorite thing about gaming with me? If there's anything. <sighs> well, I'm going to kind of touch on what Dan said is the fact that after a really long day, mm-hmm. it's nice to be able to, or a long week, it's nice to be able to um, come home and forget about all the crap that happened that week or that day. Mm-hmm. And to be able to um, just um, spend time with you, mm-hmm. whether it's learning a new game or... Um, just picking up and being able to um, play like a game that we normally would play, mm-hmm. um, one that we enjoy, and why not? Yeah. I don't know. It's nice to be able to just do something like that. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm kind of all the same way about kind of what you said. You know, it's nice to get fully immersed in a game with you when you know work has been kind of shitty and blah 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 but i also kind of like the excitement of of just getting uh, getting a game together and be like yes you know we can do this 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 will be fun you know and really getting into it and just you know really enjoying it you know where you know you know li- life can really you know just kick you in the ass so it's nice to have that that one thing that kind of connects you where you're just like okay this is going to be awesome i can't wait to get this game and you know we'll play it together and just have a ton of fun so and it smells so new, and you get to punch out all the shit. And it's so exciting. It's like a little kid at Christmas. Yep. Exactly. Okay, so, sorry. That's, that's okay. Me digressing. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's... I, I just thought it would be kind of fun to touch on that, because, you know, it just... You know, it, it seems like a lot of podcasts, I don't hear enough of that kind of thing, you know, where, you know, people talk about, you know, you know, gaming with their significant other and stuff like that, you know. You know, a lot, a lot of joking, you know, and stuff like that. We've done that, you know, today, but, you know, a lot of times you don't get too many conversations about it, so I thought it'd be cool to talk about it. So, so there you go. There's Couples Gaming. Now we'll get into the review. Your last village was ransacked by barbarians. You barely had time to pick up the baby and your favorite fishing pole before you started the burning and the pillaging. 
you ran from that place in the dark of night and wandered over a cruel desert, braving frozen peaks and crossing a rough sea filled with sharks. Then you found it, the perfect place to make your home. But as soon as you had the first hut built, you discovered a vast network of caverns underground, brimming with shiny treasures, rare resources, and endless adventure. Now, you're organizing expeditions and building your village above and below. So we're going to talk about Above and Below. Um, it's ages 13 and up, 20 to 120 minutes per play, so they say, uh, two to four players. Uh, it's designed and uh, the artist is, now I'm going to get this guy's name wrong. I've heard it a million times. Ryan Lacat. I've also heard Laucat. Laucat. There you go. That sounds awesome. That sounds like a, that sounds like a mythical beast. I love it. <laughs> this dude is but, a mythical beast with what he does with games, man. Yeah, exactly. So you get, I mean, just think of it. He designed the game. He's the artist of the game. I mean, fuck that guy. I mean, seriously. <laughs> the narrating in the game too, then? Well, yeah, he did. Did he do some of the narrating pages? I think well, so. He that means yeah. he did all of it. Hey, himself. Fuck you. One guy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean that's. I mean, you, I mean. So just think about that for you know how somehow times when you're looking at playing a game and stuff like that, like you just think, oh, I can make a game like that. I mean, just but just think of making. This, um, this, well, I shouldn't say amazing yet because that will just spoil everything. <laughs> just think about, you know, making a mechanics of a game, designing all of the art, making sure that, you know, everything is, co is cohesive and that it works right, you know, and then sell it to, you know, a game company. I don't, I don't know if he's part of that game company or not, but, you know, just to, to get it distributed, distributed by Red Raven Games. I mean, that's a feat in itself. And then if you go to Board Game Geek, you look up this guy and you look at him, he's like a baby. I mean, seriously, this kid looks like he's like 25. I'm like, I hate your guts. You're so awesome. That's cool. You know? So what is this game about? Basically, what happens is your last village is ransacked. You have to build a new one. But as you're starting to build your new one, you realize that you can build stuff up top or you can go below and adventure and see what's there. And basically this game is kind of a choose your own adventure, resource management, role-playing game, kind of all into one. So basically you get a reputation board, which has your villagers that are on top that you that score from, or that cost three, five, and then you've got kind of a little cave here. And basically when you go exploring, you can uh, make your um, reputation go up and down. And you get victory points based on that. Um, on a two-player game, you score less points, and I think it's only the first player that gets the gets amount of victory points, and then the second player doesn't get any. I don't think unless their score on the on the reputation track higher for some extra bonus. So yeah, like I mean, the game with everything you're saying, there's also a crazy economic aspect to it, where it's not only money in game, but it's points at the end. Mm -hmm. So this game, like, because when you were mentioning before how just one guy did it, you have 
a essentially choose your own adventure with rolling for successes when you explore. You have a city building aspect where your builders can, like you noted, build above and as you do these adventures, build below. You can get new resource producing areas. You might buy pro like a building that generates fruit every turn or an underground cavern that has fish or mushrooms. You can have people gather every turn to get these resources. You can buy and sell from other players. There's a, it's one of the few Euro games that lets you directly interact with other players and set prices. Like, hey, Kurt, you know, I want that paper from you. I'll pay you five for it. I know you want this stone from me. I will sell it to you for only three if you sell me that paper for five. And then we can do that during our turns too. There is the aspect of hiring more people to your town. And you need accommodations for them. Like, you don't have to feed your people, but they need beds. And if they don't get to sleep, well, apparently they don't get up in the morning. <laughs> they just go, no, fuck it. I'm not picking fruit. I'm not going in your stupid cave. You do it. Yeah, yeah. So basically, yeah, basically anytime you, anytime you send out your villagers to go do stuff, you know, they have to go into the exhaust area. Yeah, there's like an exhaust area and then there's exhaust like area. the medic bay. Yeah, and yeah, and then there's the injured area if you decide to push them a little too hard, which is so sad. And yet so it needs to happen, you know, cuz when you're doing all this adventuring and stuff like that, a lot of times you when you're doing your exploring, the villager tokens themselves have dice that have a preset number on them. So like if you got a 1 and a 3 and the 1 you have to roll above a 1 to get a lantern or you have to roll a 3 above a 3 to get uh, two lanterns. Basically, you have to start out, you have to bring at least two villagers out to explore, or you could do more. And depending upon what you roll, you can get these lanterns, and that's how you explore and get more of, an, of a reward. Um, but also, what you can do is you also can injure people to get an extra lantern, which gets you, you know, more of a reward and, you know, to do more cool stuff. You know, so the more people you get, you kind of have to, you have to kind of figure out, okay, so am I going to push these these guys to where they're not going to be able to rest as much, but eventually I'll get them back in later rounds because you only get seven rounds. Or, you know, do I play it safe and try to just kind of slowly, you know, just, you know, look here, look there, or maybe they'll have uh, one of these uh, adventures where they're just like, run away. Okay, well, I'll run away because I really don't have enough, enough explore to figure this out. So basically when you have the explorer, you first have to get a cave card it has uh, dice numbers one through six, and then they have a preset page. So you roll the dice, whatever page comes up, you take this encounter book, you look at it, you pull up the story. It's got a really nice uh, story written part to it, which seems like a D&D &D game, and you have to decide what you want to do. And like I've said, it'll say like, You find yourself in the dark abode of an ancient eyeless alchemist. He lives amid a litter of dust and tattered papers, with no light other than what you bring with you yourself. Hearing you enter, he is plainly excited for your company and beckons you to join him for a cup of tea. Unfortunately, the cup he hands you appears to have a small fish swimming in it. Do you demand that he brew you a healing potion? Explore three. Or do you sit with him, pretend to sip your tea, and tell him a story of the lands above? Explore four, or explore seven.
And you know, it, the more you do, the more you have to, the more they explore, which you, the more you have to use more villagers and exhaust them. And you have to kind of figure it out that way. So the times that we've played it, I, you know, I almost feel like the more exploring you do, the better off you will be. And there's other ways to do it too. But like with what Dan said with building the houses, there's uh, different types of houses. There's some regular houses where you can build and they have a preset number, uh, number on of coins that you have to pay to get them. But then also you have your key houses that you have a, a certain amount and then you have your... What do they call the other ones? The star, uh, star houses. Star houses. And those are more high-cost cards that have more of a reward to them. Yeah, the star houses are mainly like the big end-game scoring houses. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, hey, this thing is worth like this, and then two for every villager you have. This thing is worth this, and then X amount per every one of these resources you have. Mm-hmm. So generally, all those cards, you notice in the last round of the game, everyone's just eyeballing them going, oh man, please let me get that, please let me get that. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because, you know, as you, you know, as you score each round and stuff like that, you know, you have your player boards where this is where you want to transfer your resources because each, a lot of these cave cards and the, or these um, outpost cards and the house cards will, you know, either have beds for more villagers because if they don't rest, they don't get to go out and do more adventuring or they'll have these goods that um, if you score higher on this track, you have to have, depending on which good you have, you put you have to put one different good on each of your player tracks there, and there's eight of them. And so the more that you put out there, not only the more coins that you'll get at the end of the round, but you'll also get more victory points at the end of the game. So that's really good to, you know, have to be able to transfer some of those goods from your villagers and stuff like that so you score a little bit better on that. And there's other other things that you can do too, like you can always do. You can take your villager and go laboring to yes, get a couple of extra bucks if you need it. That's right. And then the first person that labors also gets a, a cider. Yep. And the person that does the cider, it's like a drinkable bed. Like yep. you get to recharge it's when you. Get... Yep. Yeah. It's, it's basically it's packed to the rim with monster energy drink. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and then if you get a potion that turns that takes your injured guy into your exhaust area, correct? Yep. Yep. So, so yeah, there's a, there's a lot of different ways to play this game, and there's a lot of different ways to win it. Teresa alluded to before we recorded, and we haven't told you guys, but we've only played this a couple times. And I don't think we've gotten to the full extent of this game, because there's just so many things you can do with it. Now, if it makes you feel any better, we've probably played it like closer to a dozen times, and we still think there's tons more ways to do these things, too. So if, if you'll allow me a quick moment to wax poetic about this game. <laughs> so here's the thing. The, the exploring is awesome, and it's a crafted world. Like, there's themed monsters that are in multiple scenarios. I like the Glogos. Yeah. Those are awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah, so, like, there's Glogos, there's talking spiders, there's... They're fancy spiders! <laughs> I think they actually have some that, top hats and shit. That enjoy the opera. Oh, that was, so great. I sang at their opera house in the... No, that, no. Then there are shrews who are at, 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 at the theater. Yeah. So, there's all this awesome stuff, and here's what's nuts. There's some adventurers that you can only get by certain scenarios, and they will join your town. Like, you can get a like a basic uh, mechanized cyborg. He has his own bed. You don't have to get a bed for him. Because he's a robot. Awesome. Um, there's this ink woman 
Like this, like you come across this like pool of darkness and it becomes a person and she can join your town. There's like this evil cat that can join your town that talks. It's like a lazy cat or something. Yeah. It's like, there's all this crazy stuff. And like, that is amazing. Yeah. And I love with the cat that you have to roll to make sure that he even wants to help you. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, he's an asshole. Because cats are assholes. assholes. Yeah. <laughs> then there's the the economy part, where what is rare in your village might not be rare to another person. So if I get rocks first, those are only worth one victory point each. And then I get mushrooms, and those are one point each. But hey, now I got fish. All oh, those fish are two points each. And as you go on, so like in my, from me, paper might be worth four victory points each. You found paper early in your travels. Paper's only worth one for you. So you put that paper up for sale. It's like, hey, Dan, it's yours for 10 bucks. Yeah. Knowing that I want those points. Like that player-driven style economy and trade management is awesome. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it works unlike other games you've seen. And then on top of that, the way that the building works. Like you can build as much as you want above ground, but to build underground, you have to explore to clear out space in the cave to put these buildings. That's awesome. If any of these were their own game, you'd be like, oh, this is pretty neat. The fact that he found a way to get all these together and then made it, and like any of this, when you play it, you're like, I want to I keep going. I want to keep going. How big can I make this? Mm -hmm. And then it's like that turning of the screw, he makes it a tight seven round game. Mm -hmm. It doesn't overstay its welcome. And he follows the greatest rule in like comedy and theater and everything where it's like always leave them wanting more. Because every person that I've played this game with in the seventh round has always been like, damn it, man, like, I just got my engine going, like, two more rounds, and I need, the game should be two more rounds. And then they just play it again. That happened to us this last time we played, we were like, what the hell? We want more. Yeah. It goes by so fast. It yeah. does. It really does. And well, you, and you have to, it, it's funny, too, because if you don't set yourself up for later rounds, you really, you really screwed the boot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but I yeah. did notice uh, we actually tried something different for two players because I know I, I really don't, but I feel like the first player has an advantage because the seven rounds, if I go first, the last seventh round, I'm going first. Yeah, so, it's four to three in first player. Yeah, so what we did was we just add an extra round, an eighth round. That way we have equal amounts of being first player. So that one, it seemed to work out pretty decent. I got like, how many points did I get that time? I Yeah, I should have just cut it off at seven because she whooped the shit out of me. It was like <laughs> 74 to 58. I got a lot of mushrooms. Nice. nice. I bet you did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Awesome. I got a lot of shroom, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got a rock. I got a rock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's how I feel in most games. Okay, well, I, th I think we've talked about it pretty well, so why don't we rate it? Okay, now I'm going to... Oh, man. I'm going to um, change our rating. Um, oh, shit. I, just, I thought that with our D8, um, unpatented, D, uh, patented, unpatented D8 scale, I thought most of the time I felt like we were more middle of the road. And it was like, okay, so it's like, what are we really telling people? Are we telling people to get this game? Or are we telling them to play it? Or are we telling them uh, whatever, you know? So I'll make it a little more streamlined. It may not work out, but I, I, fuck it, I'm going to try it anyway. So basically we're going to do either we loved it. So it's one of those, you, 
we love it, we want to play it some more, go out and buy it. We like it. It's one of those, hey, you got it around, cool, I'll play it. That'll be a lot of fun. I got to ask yes. a question. Did you get this rating system at a Cold Stone Creamery? Because that's exactly the sizes <laughs> of their ice cream. <laughs> like it, love it, got to have it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Is that the big cup? I, the kind of big cup? Yeah, the yeah. little tiny one? Yeah. Mm. No, no, I didn't. Because then, then we'll get into the stuff that Cold Stone Creamery would never get into. Um, oh we've got that. Eh, it's one of those. Uh, <laughs> it's either, yeah, it's kind of like, well, maybe I'll play it every once in a while. It's not my favorite, but I guess it's okay. And then we've got the fuck it. I don't like this game. I wouldn't play it. I'm sorry. It's just not. It's just not any fun. Then why would we fuck it? Right. Yeah. Why would you fuck? Is that, that right? <laughs> Am I right? You got to use a different term of phrase. Yes. Yeah. Batista says why. Or or what? it could blow me. What 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 if it's <laughs> fuck this game and then the top is I want to fuck this game. Right? That, <laughs> nice. That's, yeah. That's a caveat. Yeah. Then there's no Cold Stone references. Yes, yeah, that's true. Well, then we'll do it because I've actually said this before, and then so we'll make it that. So the la- the bottom is fuck this game. And, and by the way, Cold Stone, if you're listening, we like you. All right, Kim, what did you think about this game? I was a little iffy because I figured seven rounds is way too short. But after playing, you know, games like with short rounds, you tend to like kind of find some kind of engine, like an early engine. So at first I was like, eh, it's all right. But doing the adventures, I really enjoyed. And I do ha- I do like how the morale track, like, you know, if you... If you do something that you think is nice, you know, it actually rewards you. Like, it gives you plus morale. Say, like, helping beggars out or, like, you know, people trapped. But there was this one that threw me for a loop, and this is how it happened to Dan, where there's this fish guy just, like, you know, he was saying something to you. You you can't speak fish. And this glow ghost was coming after him. Now, these are one of the times where you, you have to kind of remember what the story's about. Because in, the, in another adventure, there's something about you helping out a Glogos, right? So, this fishman was, like, yelling at you, something like that. And it says, like, you can either help out the fish guy, or you can stop him and, you know, basically give him to the Glogos. Yeah. So, I kind of, like, I was, like, channeling Dan. I was like, oh, maybe he's, like, I don't know, hurt or something. You gotta save him. So he went to save the fish guy, and he lost morale for that. He was a wanted fugitive. Nice. Who knew? <laughs> so, and I like how they, I, I really like how they play into that. Like, you have to, you kind of have to remember who you meet up with. That way, when you see them in, you know, another adventure, you're like, okay, I know this guy. He's a good guy. I'll help him out. Mm-hmm. So I really, I really like it now. It's fun. Okay. So that's a like. Dan, what do you feel about this? I want to make little cardboard babies with it. <laughs> <laughs> this this game has he says that about everyone, <laughs> right? Here's here's the thing. To me, it's always a really good sign when you can get the shit stomped out of you and come in dead last place, and you're still smiling afterwards. And you're like, this game is awesome. Magnet. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's just there's so much replay. There's so much good to it. The only thing that's slightly killing me is. Um, in the Kickstarter, there was also, like, a desert scenario and an enchanted forest scenario. Oh, boo. And so far, there's no information as to whether or not they will ever become for public play, like, you know, like an expansion or something. 
we've talked about that, how stupid that is to have that just exclusive to Kickstarter. Yeah, and it's like, here's the deal. It's like, you want to make that Kickstarter exclusive? Cool, fine, whatever. Make new shit. Mm-hmm. And let me get that then. Like, let me give you more money for this game because this game makes me that happy. Mm-hmm. You know, I absolutely love it. Um, I mean, it's, it's beautiful to look at. It's fun to play. It do, like My favorite thing is that it doesn't overstay its welcome. Like, I've never had it end where it's like, eh, you know, that was all right. Like, that seven-turn thing, it's just the magic number to make everyone go, shit, all right, uh, next time I have to do this first. Okay, cool. All right, let's, next time we play this, I got to remember this. Like, that's a great sign. Like, when people think about the next time they're going to play, that is, like, the best endorsement you can get. Yeah, for sure. And I almost think that they're coming out, they're going to come out with something in the above and below universe. And I'm trying to think of what it is. It's really making me mad that I can't think of, I can't think of what it is. I don't know if they're going to try to make an RPG of it or if they're trying to do something else with it. But kind of sworn I heard that. But of course, I can't think of it right now. Someone's probably screaming at the at their phone or whatever they're listening to the song. <laughs> um, so obviously Dan wants to make love to it. So that's another category we can <laughs> Candles and all. Yeah, that's right. A lot of lube. Tracy, what did you think about this game? I guess I would say... I guess I would say I like it. Mm -hmm. And I would rate it at that right now because I don't think we've played it enough. Yeah. I like the story to it. But but I just don't... I don't think I've played it enough to to fairly rate it yet. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just I light. think it has good mechanics and I think it has all the pieces and all the things that are good and that make a good game. Mm-hmm. But I would be lying if I said I wanted to make love to it. <laughs> so basically I I actually think I love this game too because um, the art is phenomenal. Um, the choose your own adve- adventure aspect of it, I mean it just yeah. it takes me back to those old choose-your-adventure books that you get from the library and my mom would buy me and it just... I mean, you can't... With these one, with this game, you can't, like, cheat and go back or cheat and go ahead <laughs> yeah. to see what happened. I mean, you probably can, but it, it's good because the other person's reading your story to you so you can't really figure out what's going to happen once you do it because a, a thing that we left out is sometimes you can get, you can get in trouble for failing, but... Everything, everything about it is like we've talked about before. It's just so many pieces of so many different games in one, and he does, and Ryan does such a great job pulling it all together. I mean, with the resources, trying to you know, trying to get those, and you know, trying to get as many as you can for the victory points, trying to get you know some of these key houses and these star houses and stuff like that to get the stuff to help you get more victory points, and to do it in such a short of a time. I mean, it's yeah. really, it's it's. It's a ticking clock. It's a ticking time bomb. It's you really have to, you know, really figure out what's going on right then and there because not every game is really going to be the same. And even I mean, you guys talked about it, you've played it twelve times. You're not really playing it the same. You know, even if you read the same story, you know, ever you happen to come upon it, which is very rare, I'm sure. I mean, it's still you will still probably play it differently. So for that, I I just I really like it, and only know I know I've only played it a couple times, but it's just it it's it's just in my wheelhouse. It's just everything about this, the board game aspect and the almost the role playing aspect into one really catches my fancy. So I really just I really dig it. 
So we got if it's not on Tabletopia, we gotta try it by Skype together or something. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that'd be a ton of fun, and that's something I think that could easily be done. So yeah, there's that's what we thought of it. So let us know what you guys thought of it. Talk to us on Twitter. Hit us up on our Facebook page, and uh, let us know what you think. Because uh, I suggest you really go out there and buy it. I don't even you know if you like most of the aspects of what we talked about, I guarantee you you're gonna love it. So just go out and get it. All right. Well, we did it. Uh, we talked about couples gaming. We talked about above and below. Uh, we're gonna skip weird games for this month because it just took a took a little too long. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Nobody cares. Um, I love so weird games is my favorite thing, man. Oh, I'll do a special weird games with you, buddy. Can, um, can I give you a super fast weird games? The one sure. That's on Kickstarter. Oh, yeah. There you go. Uh, what is it? What is it? Uh, Opa Go. Or Opi Opi Go. Opi Go. It's basically a game where uh, you're one of four chicks and you're playing cards to beat the clothes off of each other. Oh my god, I think I've seen that. That looks so dumb. <laughs> it does, and that's why I backed it. Because oh, I'm a tweet. of course you did. <laughs> Kim, don't you like feel bad about him every day you live with him? I you know the Tanto, I feel bad for her. You know the Tanto Cory game? Yeah. Where you buy the girls? I wanted that one. <laughs> I, I, I made him so get. We know what's going on in your house, pretty right. much. It is like well, Shenra Kagura, the card game. That's awesome. You know how the this um, whole recording started. That's true. That's I, true. She was doing something down yard. No, I dropped my notes. <laughs> yes. uh -huh. That's how it always happens. What's your other weird game? Oh look, she dropped the notes again. <laughs> <laughs> that's just the that's just the only one that I saw. That's but I saw that I was like, this sounds like a Kurt game. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. It's funny because fun, when I, I actually, I don't know how I came across that. I think somebody, somebody said they backed it on Twitter, and I was like, "What in the hell is this game?" It's so awesome. Just like, hey, let's just throw some manga chicks half naked on a card game. All right, everyone's bought it. All right, <laughs> oh, that's great. That's the question mark in the uh, how to profit uh, equation you always see online. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah, I think South Park's done done a really good job with that. We're talking about that, so. <laughs> All right. Well, again, thanks for Dan and Kim for saving our butts because now that Mike is gone, we kind of had to uh, mix and match some different people and stuff like that, and we're always glad to have you guys on. So thanks for coming on, guys. Yeah, no um, comment. As long as Mike is on the injured list, I'm always willing to help cut a promo. <laughs> <laughs> The aforementioned Mike that we don't still doesn't know if he exists or not. <laughs> <laughs> and I just want to thank my, my lovely wife for coming on because she had to point at herself like I wouldn't say that. Thank you, honey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, She's so speechless. She just gives me the finger. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And that's it for this episode. And uh, again, if you want to do us a couple solids, rate us on iTunes on your favorite apps. Uh, tweet us out to your friends. If you like to we've check out BattleBards, use our codes. If you don't know what if you don't know what the cards are for that premium audio, go to our website, look at the top right where the icon is. You can use those codes. Click on it, buy yourself some awesome audio. We're gonna use that we're using that audio to introduce above and below. So if you do that for us that'd be great. And uh, yeah, I think that's about it. So until next time, see you later. Legends of Tabletop Podcast, creating legends one die at a time.